0: Welcome to the Wixpa Podcast, your home for free audio features, shows, and interviews, brought to you exclusively from the Warren
1: Consolidated School of Performing Arts.
0: Now I'll drive downtown and get a few guys to help me trim the branches off. <laughs> Wanna ride downtown with Tib? Thank you, yes. Okay, I gotta go fast. Hey, where's my car? <laughs>
1: right where you left it, McGee. Huh? In the driveway under the tree. Oh,
0: this is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and that was Fibber McGee and Molly. America's favorite radio show brought to you each week by your hometown favorite, Sellers Subaru. And remember, at Subaru share the love. Now, through the end of the year with the purchase of every new vehicle, Subaru will donate $250, and Sellers Subaru will donate an additional $50 on your behalf to one of five different charities. Last year, we donated over $40,000 to our hometown charity, the Michigan Humane Society. This is the WCSPA Radio Network, and I'm your host, Garrett Kozak. And this is is news in brief for Sunday, November 16th, 1941. In the war in Europe, the German 11th Army conquered the Kirsch Peninsula in the Crimean region of the Soviet Union. But the German submarine U 433 was sunk by the British Navy in the Mediterranean Sea. In entertainment news just released this weekend, Suspicion, starring Cary Grant. And Joan Fontaine. This is a brand new film by the master of suspense, Alfred Hitchcock. And opening this week in Detroit, we have my personal favorite, the Broadway hit, My Sister Eileen. And in sports, the Detroit Lions... Oh, uh, the the Detroit Lions win, beating the Philadelphia Eagles 21-17 imagine that okay and now the wcspa radio network is proud to present to you a holiday special a new wcspa radio theater production of charles dickens classic story a christmas carol grab some popcorn take a seat and enjoy the show
2: Marley was dead to begin with. There's no doubt whatever about that. He was dead as a doornail, yet Scrooge had never painted out old Marley's name. There it stood years afterwards above the warehouse door, Scrooge and Marley. Oh, but he was a tight-fisted hand of the grindstone, Scrooge. A squeezing, wrenching, grasping, scratching, clutching, covetous old sinner. The cold within him froze his old features, nipped his pointed nose, shriveled his cheek. It stiffened his gait and made his eyes red and his thin lips blue. And he spoke out shrewdly in his grating voice. Once upon a time, of all the good days in the year, on Christmas Eve, old Scrooge sat busy in his counting house. The door of his office was open that he might keep his eye upon his clerk, Bob Cratchit, who, in a dismal little cell beyond, was copying letters.
3: For three months, you have owed me eleven shillings and three pence. If this amount is not paid with interest, then— Oh! Merry Christmas, Mr. Fred! A very merry Christmas, Bob. Merry Christmas, Uncle.
4: Bath humbug. A Christmas? A humbug, Uncle? You don't mean that, I'm sure. I'm sure I do. What right have you to be merry? What reason have you to be merry?
5: You're poor enough.
4: Come then, what right have you to be dismal? You're rich enough. Bath humbug. Oh, don't
5: be cross, Uncle. What else can I be when I live in such a world of fools as this? What's Christmas to you but the time for finding yourself a year older and not an hour richer? If I could work my will, every idiot who knows about a Merry Christmas on his lips should be boiled with his own pudding and buried with a steak of holly through his heart. Uncle, Please nephew keep christmas in your way and let me keep it in mine keep it but you don't keep it then let me leave it alone then much good may it do you much good has it ever done you
4: Uh, now there are many things of which i might have derived good by which i have not profited dare i say christmas among the rest i have always thought of christmas time as a good time a kind forgiving charitable pleasant time and therefore uncle though it has never put a scrap of gold or silver in my pocket i believe that it has done me good and will do me good and i say god bless Well
3: spoken, Mr. Fred. Well spoken. God bless you and your
4: family. Let me
5: hear another sound from you, Bob Cratchit, and you'll keep your Christmas by losing your situation. As for you, nephew, you're quite a powerful speaker. Wonder you don't go into Parliament. Don't be angry, Uncle. Come dine with us tomorrow night. I'd sooner see you win. Cratchit, what are you doing?
3: I was only putting a bit more coal on the fire, Mister Scrooge. Seeing your nephew is here, and it's so cold. And we more could spare. Coal
5: indeed, put it back in the scuttle,
3: Uncle. Why will you
4: not have dinner with us? Why did you get married? Because I fell
5: in love. Because you fell in love. It's the only thing in the world more ridiculous than a merry Christmas. Ah, uh, nay. You
4: never came to see me before that. Why give it as a reason for not coming now? Good afternoon. I want nothing from you, and I ask nothing of you. Why can't we be friends? Good afternoon. I'm sorry to find you so resolute. But I've tried, and I'll keep my Christmas humor to the last. And so, Merry Christmas, Uncle. Humbug and a happy new year too. Good afternoon. Uh, merry Christmas to you, Bob, and to Mrs. Cratchit. Oh, and Di needs him too. Oh, thank you, Mr. Fred,
3: and a very merry Christmas to you, sir.
5: <laughs> Nonsense, rubbish. Not two sixpence to jangle together in his pocket and talking about a merry Christmas. Humbug.
2: Shivering Bob Cratchit, and letting Scrooge's nephew out, Let two other people in. They were a friendly couple, pleasant to behold, who stood in the fast-darkening office with books and papers in their hands. They bowed to Scrooge.
0: Scrooge and Marley, I believe.
6: Have we the pleasure of addressing Mr. Scrooge?
0: Or Mr. Marley.
5: Marley's been dead these seven years. Died seven years ago this very
2: night.
6: Then we have no doubt his generosity is well represented by his surviving partner.
2: At this festive season of the year, Mr. Scrooge, it is more than usually desirable that we should make some slight provision for the poor and destitute who suffered greatly.
6: At the present time many thousands are in want of common necessaries. Hundreds of thousands are in want of common comforts.
2: Are there no prisons? There are plenty of prisons.
5: And union workhouses. Are they still in operation?
6: I wish I could say they were not, but they are.
5: The treadmill and the pool are in full vigor, then.
2: Both very busy, sir.
5: I'm very glad to hear it. I was afraid that something had occurred to stop them in their useful
2: course.
6: They scarcely furnish Christmas cheer to the multitude, Mr. Scrooge.
2: That is why a few of us are endeavoring to raise a fund for the poor and destitute.
6: What should we put you down for?
5: Nothing.
2: You wish to be anonymous. I wish
5: to be left alone. I don't make merry myself at Christmas, and I can't afford to make idle people merry. I hope to support the establishments I mentioned. They cost enough. Let those who are badly off go there.
6: But many can't go there, sir, and many would rather die.
5: If they'd rather die, then they'd better do it, and decrease the surplus population. Besides, I don't know that all for a fact you say is true. But you might know it someday, Mr. Scrooge. It's not my business. It's enough for a man to understand his own business and not to interfere with other people's. Mine occupies me constantly. Good afternoon.
6: We quite understand, Mr. Scrooge. Good afternoon.
5: it! Show these people out.
3: Yes, sir. This way. This way, I I couldn't help but hearing, and I should like to contribute this. It's all I can afford. But if there are others in worse situation than I, most
2: gracious, I wish I might say the same for your employer.
3: He has a good heart. He's
5: Cratchit. A... Shut that door. Close out that infernal caterwauling. Yes, sir. <coughs> Have you finished copying the letters? Yes, sir. Full of hairs, I assume? Oh, no, sir. You'll want the entire day tomorrow, I suppose. If it's quite convenient, sir. It's not convenient. It's not fair. If I were to stop half a crown, you'd think yourself ill-used, I'll be bound. And yet you don't think me ill-used when I pay a day's wages for no work. It's only once a year, sir. Indeed. A poor excuse for picking a man's pocket every twenty-fifth of December. I suppose you must have the whole day. Be here all the earlier next morning. Oh, I, I will, sir. I-, I will indeed. Good
3: night, sir. And if I may, sir, Merry Christmas. Hum-hum.
2: The office was closed in a twinkling, and Bob Cratchit, with the long ends of his long white scarf dangling below his waist went down a slide on Cornhill 20 times in honor of it being Christmas Eve, and then ran home to Camden Town as hard as he could to play with his family at Blind Man's Bluff. Scrooge took his melancholy dinner in his usual melancholy tavern, and having read all the newspapers and beguiled the rest of the evening with his banker's book, went home to bed. He lived in gloomy chambers, which had once belonged to his deceased partner, Jacob Marley. The yard was so dark that even Scrooge, who knew its every stone, was fain to grope with his hands until he could find the door.
5: Hmm. So it seems to be moving.
2: Now it is a fact that there was nothing at all particular about the knocker on the door except that it was very large. Let it also be borne in the mind that Scrooge has not bestowed one thought on Marley since his last mention of his dead partner that afternoon. What on earth is that key? Let any man explain how it happened. But Scrooge, having his key in the lock of the door, saw in the knocker (gasps) Marley's face. Marley! Marley's face, with ghostly spectacles, turned up upon its ghostly forehead, and though the eyes were wide open, they were perfectly motionless. That and its livid color made it horrible. To say that Scrooge was not startled would be untrue. But he put his hand upon the key and turned it sturdily. He walked in and lighted his candle he did look cautiously behind the door. He did pause before he shut it. As he closed it, the door resounded through the house like thunder. Up Scrooge went, not carrying a button for the darkness. Darkness is cheap and Scrooge liked it. But before he shut his inner door, he walked through his rooms to see that all was right sitting room, bedroom, lumber room, all as they should be. Nobody under the table, nobody under the sofa, a small fire in the grate, nobody in the closet, nobody in his dressing gown, which hung in a suspicious attitude against the wall. Quite satisfied, he closed his door and locked himself in, double locked himself in, and thus secured, Again surprise, he took off his cravat, put on his dressing gown and slippers and nightcap. Then he sat down before the fire to take his gruel. Yes. Now enjoy my gruel.
5: Yeah. Now I can relax and enjoy my Molly Molly I could have sworn I saw old Molly's face in the fireplace. Oh, Humbug! Huh? What's this? Someone's in the wine cellar? No, the door's locked. Double locked. But something is. It's, it's coming closer. It's right outside my door! I can't believe it! I, it, it won't be! It's Humbug! It's Humbug, I tell you!
1: Ebenezer Scrooge. How now?
5: What do you want of me?
1: I want much of you.
5: Who are you?
1: Ask me who I was. You're very particular for (laughs) a ghost. Right then, who were you? In life. I was your partner, Jacob Marley.
5: But you're dead seven years ago this very night.
1: You don't believe in me? I do not. Why do you doubt your senses?
5: Because a little thing affects them. A slight disorder of the stomach makes them weak. You may be an undigested bit of beef, a blob of mustard, a crumb of cheese, a fragment of underdone potato. There's more than a gravy, than a grave about you, whatever you are. Hey. Dreadful apparition, why do you trouble me?
1: Man of the worldly mind, do you believe in me or not?
5: I do, I must, but why do you walk the earth? Why do you come to me?
1: It is required of every man that the spirit within him should walk abroad among his fellow men, and if that spirit goes not forth in life, it is condemned to do so after death, to witness what it cannot share, but might have shared on earth and turned to happiness. You
5: are filtered. Tell me why.
1: I wear the chain I forged in life. I made it link by link and yard by yard of my own free will. And of my own free will, I wore it. Is it patterned strange to you? Or would you know the weight and length of the coil you bear yourself? It was full, as heavy, and as long as this seven Christmas Eves ago, Ebenezer. You have labored on it since.
5: Jacob, oh Jacob Marley, tell me more. Speak comfort to me, Jacob.
1: I have none to give, nor can I tell you what I would all captive, bound, and double-ironed, not to know that no space of regret can make amends for one's life opportunities misused. Yet such was I. But you were
5: always a good man of business, Jacob.
1: Business? Mankind was my business. The common welfare was my business. Charity, mercy, forbearance and benevolence were all my business. The dealings of my trade were but a drop of water in the comprehensive ocean of my business.
5: Jacob, don't take on so.
1: Hear me, my time is nearly gone.
5: I will, but don't be hard upon me. Don't be flowery,
1: Jacob, pray. I am here tonight to warn you if you have yet a chance and hope of escaping my fate, Ebenezer.
5: You're always a good friend to me, thank you.
1: You will be haunted by three spirits. Is that my only hope? It is.
5: Then, then I think I'd rather not.
1: Without their visits, you could not hope to shun the path I tread. Expect the first tomorrow. When the bell tolls one,
5: why couldn't I take them all at once and have it over
1: with, Jacob? Look to see me no more, and look that for your own sake. You remember what has passed between us, between us, between us.
2: Scrooge followed to the window, through which the ghost had disappeared as on the wind. The air was filled with phantoms, all wearing chains like Marley's ghost. And then, being overcome by the emotion he had undergone in the fatigue of the day, much in need of repose, went straight to bed without undressing and fell asleep upon the instant. When Scrooge awoke, he was endeavoring to pierce the darkness of his chamber. When the chimes of a neighboring church struck a quarter, so he listened for the hour. expected first, when the bell towers one, Well, here's
5: the hour, and nothing else.
2: But on the instant the bell tolled one, the curtains of his bed were drawn aside, and Scrooge found himself face to face with the unearthly visitor who drew them. As close as I am now to you, and I'm standing in the spirit at your elbow, It was a strange figure, like a child, yet not so like a child as like an old man. Its hair, which hung about its neck and down its back, was white with age, and yet the face had not a wrinkle in it.
6: Ebenezer Scrooge, I have come for you.
2: You
5: are? Are you the spirit whose coming was foretold to me? I am. Who and what are you?
6: I am the ghost of Christmas past. Long past? No, your past.
5: What do you want of me? What business brings you here?
6: Your welfare.
5: <laughs> My welfare. A night of unbroken No
6: reclamation, and- then. Take heed, rise, and walk with me.
5: Not at the window, pray. I am a mortal liable to fall.
6: Bear but the touch of my hand upon your heart, and you shall be upheld in more than this. Come, let us be off.
2: As the spirit spoke, they passed through the wall and stood upon an open country road. Scrooge, recognizing every gate, And post and truth.
6: These are the shadows of a Christmas that has been. They have no consciousness of us.
5: Yes! Yes, I know! I was a boy here! I was bred in this place!
6: Do you recollect the way?
5: Recollect it? I could walk it blindfolded.
6: Strange to have forgotten it for so many years. Let us go on.
2: And shaggy ponies trotted towards them with boys upon their back, all in great spirits and shouting to each other. Scrooge knew and named them one by one. Why was he filled with gladness when he heard them give each other a Merry Christmas as they parted for their several homes? What good had Christmas ever done to him?
6: Merry Christmas, guys! Merry Christmas!
0: Merry Christmas!
6: What did you guys ask Santa for?
0: Peter's getting cold. Hey, no I'm not, you are.
6: I asked for books, I really want the second edition. Does she need one? I want that. (laughs) This is my path, bye Bye, guys. Say hello to your mother for me. They've They've left the school school in celebration celebration of my Christmas. Christmas. But the schoolhouse schoolhouse is not quite deserted. deserted. A solitary child, neglected by his friends, is left there still. Look upon him.
5: Yes, yes, I will.
6: A lonely boy.
5: Yes, I was a lonely boy. Only this morning, I I wish I could have Is your
6: lip trembling? Is that a tear upon your cheek?
5: No, no. There was a boy singing a carol at my door last night. I should have liked to have given him something, that's all.
6: Come, Ebenezer. My time is short. Where now? Come quickly. You're older now, in the prime of life.
5: No, no! Spare me this!
6: See how your face begins to wear the signs of care and avarice? The greedy, restless restless motion motion in your eyes. No! The fair young girl girl at your side. side, uh, She sees sees it it too. To you it matters very little, but
7: another idol has taken my place. And if it seems cheer and comfort you in time to come, as I would have tried to do, I have no just cause to grieve.
3: What idol has displaced you?
7: A golden one
3: this is the even-handed dealing of the world.
7: Nay, I have seen your nobler aspirations fall off one by one until a master passion gain engrosses you.
3: (laughs) Even if I have grown so much wiser, what then?
4: I have not changed towards you.
7: Our contract is an old one. It was made when we were both young and poor and contended to be so. You Were another man, then.
3: I was a boy.
7: Your own feeling tells you that you were not what you are, and that is why I can release you.
3: Have I ever sought release, Bell?
7: In words, no. In what, then? In everything that made my love of any worth or value in your sight. That is why I will release you with a full heart for the love of him you once were. But Bell. You I... may have pain a very brief time, and you will dismiss the recollection of it gladly as an unprofitable dream if you
6: choose.
5: Show me belly. no more. Why do you delight to torture me?
6: One shadow more, Scrooge. No, no more. I can't bear more. You will see one more shadow. You seem to remember Bell. The man might have been you.
3: By the Belle, I saw an old friend of yours this afternoon.
7: Who was it? Guess. How can I? Wait, don't I know? Mr. Scrooge?
3: Mr. Scrooge it was. I passed his office window at night, and it wasn't started he had a candle inside. I could scarcely help but seeing in. His partner lies upon the point of death, I hear. There he sat alone. Quite alone
5: in the world, I do believe. Spirit, spirit, take me from this place.
6: I told you these were shadows of the things that have been. They are what they are. You cannot blame me.
5: Take me back. Haunt me no longer.
6: I leave you now, but look for the second spirit tomorrow night when the bell tolls one, when the bell tolls one.
2: Scrooge was conscious of being exhausted and further of being in his own room. Falling back upon his bed, he sank into a deep sleep. When Scrooge awoke, the bell again was upon the stroke of one. His room had undergone a surprising transformation. The walls and ceiling were hung with living greens and heaped upon the floor to form a kind of throne where turkeys, game, great joints of meat, Plum pudding, barrels of oysters, red-hot chestnuts, and cherry-cheeks apples, and juicy oranges, and seething bowls of punch that made the chamber dim with their delicious steam. In easy state upon this couch, there sat a jolly giant, glorious to see. (laughs)
8: Come in, (laughs) come in, come in, and know me a better man. I am the ghost of Christmas present. Look upon me, he had never seen the like of me before.
5: Never? Spirit, conduct me where you will. I went for last night on compulsion and learned the lesson which is working now.
8: (laughs) Touch my robe. Where have you brought me, spirit? To the humble dwelling of your clerk, Bob Cratchit. See his wife in a twice-turned gown, and Master Peter Cratchit, Belinda, and Martha. Alas, for Tiny Tim, who bears a crutch, and his limbs are supported by an iron frame. Look upon this family, very happy this year.
6: Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas everyone. Martha,
3: Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas.
6: Christmas. I've got Christmas Day off, again. my dear. Oh, nice to see you, oh, too, oh, Mother. Lovely, honey.
3: God bless us. God
6: bless us, everyone.
3: And God bless you, Tiny Tim. God bless you, Tiny Tim.
7: There never was such a feast. Oh, never. <laughs> thank you, ever, Mother. Oh, yes. Did everyone have enough? Yes, oh, yes. yes. thank you, Mother. Then enough, my dear. Oh, Best am ever. Best feast ever. Oh, it's so good to be home father i love you all so much
3: it's good to have you here martha my dear it always is
6: and how did tiny tim behave in church robert
3: as good as gold and better he told me coming home that he hoped people saw him in the church
6: why ever for tim i'm a cripple and it might be pleasant for them to remember on christmas day who made lame beggars walk and blind men see
3: bless you my son
6: my little Tim.
1: the Oh, the pudding! Oh, the pudding. Oh, spirit, Tiny tell, I my
5: tell me if Tiny, Tiny Tim Steve will Steve live.
8: Uh, I see a vacant seat in the chimney corner, and a crutch without an owner. If these shadows remain unaltered by the future, the child will die. No, no, kind spirit, say he will be spared. And if he die, what then? Better to do it and decrease the surplus population. I didn't know what I was
5: saying. I've learned much since. Spirit, let me hear more.
6: let me help you. Good. Oh, oh so my so goodness, it looks like so good. It was it so good. Was so good. Mm-hmm. The pudding, it's out of the copper.
3: There is so much steam. Oh, the my. smell
7: in the best-eating houses in town. In the brandy glaze. Well, stuck it's in the, the
3: greatest success you've achieved since our marriage, my dear.
6: And I was so fearful about the quantity of flour.
3: Fearful for no reason.
6: (laughs) Thank you. What a feast. I agree.
3: (laughs) I propose a toast.
6: A toast to who, my dear? To
3: Mr. Scrooge, (laughs) the founder of the feast.
6: The founder of the feast? I wish I had him here. (laughs) I'd give him a piece of my mind to feed on. My
3: dear, the children, Christmas Day.
6: It should be Christmas Day, I'm sure. on which one drinks to the health of such an odious, stingy, hard, unfeeling man as Mr. Scrooge.
3: Dear, Christmas Day.
6: I'll drink to his health for your sake and the day's, not for his. Long life to him. He'll be very happy and very merry on this day, I have no doubt. I say God bless him too, and everyone.
5: Enough! Enough! Spirit, take me away!
2: Let me see or hear no more. There was nothing of high market in this. They were not a handsome family. Their clothes were scanty, might have known the inside of a pawnbroker's. But they were happy, grateful, pleased with one another, and contented with the time. When the bell struck twelve, Scrooge looked about him for the ghost and saw not. Upon the last stroke of twelve, Scrooge remembered the prediction of old Jacob Marley, and lifting up his eyes, beheld a solemn phantom, draped and hooded, coming like a mist along the ground. Scrooge bent down upon his knee, for in the very air through which the spirit moved, it seemed a scattered gloom and mystery and filled him with solemn dread. I am
5: in the presence of Ghost of
2: Christmas yet to come.
5: Ghost of the future, I fear you more than any specter I have seen. But as I know your purpose is to do me good, and as I hope to live to be a better man than I was, I am prepared to bear you company and do it with a thankful heart. Will you not speak to me, Lead on, the night is waning fast and it's precious to me. I know. Lead on, spirit. Here. On Common Street, spirit. But is there for me to learn here? Yes. Yes, I
0: will listen. I don't know much about it either way. I only know he's dead.
5: I thought he'd never die. What's he done with his money?
0: I haven't heard. He hasn't left it to me, that's all I know.
5: <laughs> it's likely to be a very cheap funeral.
0: Upon my life, I don't know anybody who'll go to it.
5: Hey, why don't we make up a party and volunteer? Huh? Huh?
0: I don't mind going if lunch is provided. but. There must be lunch.
5: (laughs) Spirit, who is this unhappy man of whom they speak? Yes, yes, I will follow. Bob Cratchit's house again. But it's so different, Spirit. Why is it so quiet? So very quiet. My little child.
7: (laughs) Mother, you mustn't. Try for father's sake.
5: It's almost time for him to be home. He's so much slower now. And yet I've known him to walk very fast with tiny Tim upon his shoulder. But he was so very light to carry, and his father loved him so, that it was no trouble. No trouble at all.
7: Father, dear father. You are so late, my love.
3: I went to the churchyard today. I wish you could have gone with me. It would have done you good to see how sweet and green a place it is. I promised him we'd walk there on a Sunday. I'm trying to understand it, my dear. Oh, my little child.
5: My little child. Cruel spirit, cruel. Tiny Tim should live. Can you not give me one ray of hope that I may change all this? Yes, yes, lead on, spirit. What is that? A churchyard, overgrown with brass and weeds, sowing graves. Oh, spirit, answer me one question. Are these the shadows of things that will be, or are they the shadows of things that may be on me? Will you not speak to me? Is it to that grave? To which you point? Yes. Yes, I will. I will read the inscription. It says Ebenezer Scrooge! No, spirit, no! I'm not the man I was. Show me that I may change these shadows you have shown me by an altar life. I will honor Christmas in my heart and try to keep it in all the year. Tell me that I may sponge away the writing on this stone. Spirit, I beg you. Tell me that I can undo all the suffering I have caused. Spirit, spirit, I,
2: I. What's this? My bedpost, my bed. Oh, the spirit's
5: gone. Oh, Jacob, Marley in heaven, the Christmas time he prays for this. I say it's on my knees, Jacob, on my knees. What day is it? Oh, I don't know what to do. I'm as light as a feather. I'm as, I'm as merry as a schoolboy. Hello? Hello, hello, hello. I must open the window. Ah, oh, golden sunlight. Heavenly bells. There! Boy! Yes, sir. What day is it today, my fine fellow?
7: Today? Why, it's Christmas Day!
5: Christmas Day! I haven't missed it! Spirits have done it all in one night! Huh? Hello there, my fine fellow. Do you know the poulters on the next street? I should say I do. Intelligent boy! Do you know whether or not they've sold the prized turkey that was hanging up there?
6: The one as big as me? It's hanging
5: there now buy it and bring it to me and i'll give you half a crown or i'll send it to bob cratchit it's twice the size of tiny tim there never was such a joke as sending it to bob cratchit
2: (laughs) he dressed himself in all his best and at last got out into the street he had not gone far when coming towards him beheld the friendly couple who had walked into his counting house the day before He knew what path lay straight before him, and he took it. Good morning, and Merry Christmas
5: to you. I hope you succeeded yesterday. Mr. Scrooge.
6: Mr. Scrooge?
5: That is my name. I fear it may not be pleasant to you. Allow me to ask you pardon, and would you have the goodness to accept this measly... Mr. Mr. Scrooge!
6: My goodness, are you serious? Not
5: a farthing less. There are many great back payments included in it, I assure you. Come and see me, will you? Will you come and see me? We will. We will indeed. Thank you. Thank you 50 times. God bless you.
2: He went to church and walked about the streets and patted children on the head and questioned beggars. He looked down into the kitchens of houses and up to the windows. He found that everything could yield him pleasure. In the afternoon, he turned his steps towards his nephew's house and joined the happy party. But he was early at the office the next morning. Oh, was he early. If he could only be there first and catch Bob Cratchit coming late. And he did. Yes, he did. The clock struck nine. No Bob. A quarter past. No Bob. And then...
5: Ratchet, What do you mean coming in late? I am
3: very, very sorry, sir. I'm behind my times. You are?
5: Yes, you are! Step this way, please.
3: It's only once a year, sir, and I was making rather merry with my huh. family yesterday. I'll tell
5: you what. I'm not going to stand for this sort of any longer, and therefore, 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 Bob Cratchit, I am about to raise your salary. Oh, oh, my goodness, Mister Scrooge! Merry Christmas, Bob—a merry Christmas than I've given you in many a year. Make up the fire and buy another coal scuttle before you dot another eye, Bob Cratchit.
2: <laughs> Scrooge was better than his word. He did it all and infinitely more. And to Tiny Tim who did not die, he was a second father. He became as good a friend, as good a master, and as good a man as the good old city knew. And it was always said of him that he knew how to keep Christmas well, if any man alive possessed the knowledge. May that be truly said of us and all of us. And so, as Tiny Tim observed,
6: God bless us, everyone.
0: And that was the WCSPA radio theater production of A Christmas Carol. I'm sure it is bound to become an annual holiday tradition for all of us here in Detroit. Brought to you once again by your hometown favorite, Seller's Subaru. And remember, at Subaru, our slogan is reputation is everything. At Seller's Subaru, it is more than just a motto. It is something everyone at our dealership takes pride in upholding. We work hard every day to make sure all of our customers have the absolute best experience at every point of their shopping, buying, and servicing journey. At Seller's Subaru, reputation really is everything. I'm your host, Garrett Kozak, signing off the WCSPA Radio Network with that British songbird, Vera Lynn, and her classic, We'll Meet Again. So long, and have a very...
9: know that as you saw me go, I was singing this song. We meet again. Don't know where, don't know when. but I
0: Thanks for tuning in. Please follow, like, and share us on Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat. And pick out your favorite seats for our next show at WCSPA.net.